The owners and players met again yesterday, this time in New York. A couple of T's were crossed, a couple of I's were dotted, a couple of nasty exchanges. Painting the other side is not doing enough. And blah, blah, blah. Let's talk about expanded playoffs today. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. And no, seriously, I'm not leaving anything out with that summation of the day. The players put forth a proposal that I thought offered some bend toward the owners. The owners put out a statement through a spokesman that they saw it as a backward step, which was a bizarre reaction on the part of the owners. Very much befitting, by the way, the owners' completely directionless approach throughout this entire process. But, but, there also was an indication that the players are considering accepting the expansion of the playoffs, not just to 12 teams, but to 14 teams. For anyone who doesn't know, the players had long since accepted moving from 10 to 12. But the 12 to 14 was the last, well, one of the last carrots left in their drawer. It was one of the last things they had that they could have conceded to the owners, at least in the eyes of the people who are watching this religiously. And as such, the fact that it was even broached on this weekend after the way everything fell apart a few days ago would have seemed like progress in and of itself. Now, some of this begs question, why would the players have ever been opposed to a 14-team playoff as opposed to 12 or even going back to 10? And the problem with a discussion like this is when you and I talk about the merits of a 12-team or a 14-team playoff, we're having a completely different dialogue than what's happening in a labor context. You and I are saying, well, that's too many teams, or that's not enough teams, and I like it the old way, and I like it back when there were just two total teams in the playoffs. There was a National League winner and an American League winner, and they would meet in the World Series, and that was it. But in this case, you got to understand, the playoffs aren't something that the players are looking at from the prism of what's right or wrong or too many or too few. They're looking at it as always, through the eyes of Scott Boris. And Boris most wants to reward teams that spend. And he hates the idea of more teams in the playoffs because, in his view, that will allow more teams to spend less and still get into the tournament while his beloved Dodgers and other teams like that, up in that category, could spend a ton and be eliminated right away. I'm not guessing at this. He has said this, and he has put it in very colorful and precise language, up to and including deriding 
the Braves as the most recent World Series champion because they had the audacity to not spend a ton of money and really just kind of load it up at the trade deadline. So that's the concern here on the player's side, on the Boris side. They're looking at how do we continue to incentivize teams to spend more. That is the beginning and the end of this subject from their standpoint. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Because the Players Union, guided by Boris, is opposed to the expansion of playoffs for the reasons that I just outlined, while also recognizing that they don't have a lot else to concede to try to achieve Boris's main goal in these negotiations, and that's to raise the luxury tax threshold, they're now apparently ready to put this forward, meaning the 14-team playoff. But even then, there's a catch. And oh boy, is it a stupid catch. If you're wondering whether or not there should be a 10 or a 12 or a 14-team tournament, try to throw into it the player's proposal They actually put this insane thing on the table that the team that's the top seed in the tournament, out of the 14 that make it, the number one seed in each league gets to win a game automatically. I'm not kidding. First round's best of three, but the team that's the top seed gets to win one of the games in the best of three just because. And that is actually the way it was presented. Like, you might think I'm describing something that's figurative here. No, the team gets put into the record books as having won a game that never gets played. And the goal here as with almost all of Boris's goals, is to prop up the Dodgers and anyone else who might spend to their level. No one is doing that currently, but in his world, somebody will. And the one thing that he would hate to see more than anything else is kind of what just happened, which is that the Dodgers go out of the playoffs and don't get rewarded for spending all those gazillions of dollars, a lot of them on his clientele. Now, I feel like I'd be insulting you if I spelled out the countless reasons why this is just the most ridiculous thing that's ever been put forth in a labor negotiation. But I also feel like it's important to talk about these things so that you can see why these things get held up and why they go back and forth the way they do and why there are deep flaws in 
both sides, legitimately both sides of this dispute. Yes, the owners instigated the lockout. Yes, the owners are responsible for it. But yes, also, the players are being dragged around by an agent who's got only one priority in mind, and it's got nothing to do with the game of baseball or the fans of baseball. It's got everything to do with the Boris Corporation. And the fact that nobody else is talking about this, even though they all know it, should tell you more than anything. When we come back, just one question. Today's comes from JT Raymond. JT asks, I saw an agent's TikTok yesterday saying the owners don't want to cap because then they'd have to open their books for the world to see how well they're doing. Do you think this is why they aren't pushing for a cap system harder, or does that have no bearing on the situation? JT, that makes more sense than any other explanation. And for anyone who doesn't know what JT's referencing here, In a salary cap system or a cap type system, like they have in the NFL, the NHL, and the NBA, the players are guaranteed a percentage of total revenues, usually right in the range of about 50%. And if you think about this logically, it's also true, the players can't know that they're getting 50% unless they can see how much is coming in. And the only way to see it is to have access to the owner's books. That's part of what's made the relationships between the owners and players in the three leagues that I just mentioned healthier than they've ever been. Not that they're perfect by any stretch, but healthier than they've ever been. Because at least one gigantic component of their overall process that can lead to massive distrust gets wiped out. Every player in the National Football League, in the National Hockey League, in the National Basketball Association knows what the owners are making, where it's coming from, how much it is, how much is still to come. And they also know that at the end of the day, no matter how much this guy gets or how little that guy gets or whatever ebbs and flows there might be along the way, like, you know, for example, a pandemic, that they're going to end up with the amount of money that they're guaranteed, guaranteed. Those figures, NFL, NHL, NBA, are all right around 50%. Do you know what the baseball figure is? Well, technically, nobody does. Nobody does. Because the owner's books aren't open. The best estimates that I've read by responsible parties is that baseball players are getting only about 40%. Way less than all of their brethren in professional sports. 
But the cap system's supposed to hurt them somehow? <laughs> wow! Do you see what's happening here? Do you see how stupid all of this is? But look, JT, you're right. The owners aren't pushing this. And I guess the easy, lazy way to explain it, and I've tried this myself, is to say, well, listen, the players are really unified, and Boris really has them by the tail, and they're never going to give in to this, so why bother even negotiating it? But the more likely explanation, because they've already got them in a lockout, is that some, or most, or even all of the owners would be uncomfortable with having their books open. In Pittsburgh, we don't have to wonder about that. We saw the way Bob Nutting squirmed on the multiple occasions that the Pirates' finances became public. He had a tough time with it. They weren't as bad as what everyone was expecting, meaning that he was, you know, running off with zillions of dollars or whatever. One year there was a $10 million paying down of taxes that occurred. The profit on each of these occasions that was shown was never something that was eye-popping. But he still didn't like it. He still didn't appreciate the fact that it got out. And he can't possibly be the only one that it feel that way. So yeah, there's there's definitely something there. There's something there. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one tomorrow.